it's winter time. It's the first day of March. And we had to get the snow shovels back out. Eric Carpenter here. This is KCVL, KCRK. Really glad you could join us here. I really thought it was time to put the snow shovel away before things started, you know, snow coming down over the weekend. And then Monday and Tuesday came and it looks like we're going to get a little bit of a break today. But uh, still, if you're out traveling, be really careful. We've had too many uh, collisions and slide-offs. Take it easy, slow down, and be really careful. When your vehicle is involved in an accident, you want collision repair performed by highly trained experts. Since 1984, Carey's Auto Body has been your specialist. We handle the complete repair process to get you back on the road as quickly as possible. Carey's Auto Body works carefully with your insurance company to repair your vehicle to before accident condition. Carey's Auto Body, 1101 South Main in Colville. Log on to careysautobody.com or call 509-684-2580. Stevens County Sheriff's Office, their proactive narcotics enforcement unit, they conducted a search warrant on a tent and a vehicle of a resident down at the Colville Homeless Encampment. They conducted multiple controlled narcotics purchases within the camp. They were buying their stuff from 44-year-old Chester Pemberton. Upon service of the warrant, the members located quantities of fentanyl pills, heroin, cocaine, and meth. They also seized $700 cash from Pemberton. He was booked into the Stevens County Jail, multiple counts of delivery of a controlled substance, as well as multiple felony counts on possession of controlled substance. He's in the jail, $100,000 bail. He does have an extensive criminal history and a history of failing to appear. So, so far this year, down at the homeless encampment, we have a murder and we have a big drug arrest. Wonder what's next. Anyway, good to hear Chester Pemberton in the county jail, drug charges. He'd been living down at the homeless encampment. Well, today is the day that we actually had scheduled. We were going to meet with the Chewila mayor to discuss that town hall that they recently did. But uh, the mayor says, well, he really doesn't have any more information and would just as soon not talk about it. Uh, No further information available from the mayor at this time. So, We will continue to be in touch, but right now, the coverage we already had of the town hall and the situation with that uh, new building they want to put up, that uh, big-size grant from the state, 
Uh, we'll keep you apprised on what's going on, but we are not going to have any new information from the mayor in Chewila at this time. You know the name Tempur-Pedic. If you have a bad back, you may already own one. The back pain relief is legendary. I have a secret for you. Tempur-Pedic mattress support system also provides a good night's sleep. You don't have to wait for a bad back. You can get a good night's sleep now. Don't take my word for it. Ask somebody who owns one. Come to Sandra's for a seven-minute test rest, and we'll change your life forever. Sandra's Furniture, downtown Colville. Gun legislation. It's been a hot topic in Olympia with the legislature. A Second Amendment Foundation member, Cam Edwards, talks with us about some of the good and some of the bad in the fight to keep our gun right. You do kind of have to look far and wide for the good news in Washington State and Oregon right now when it comes to our Second Amendment rights. It's there, but it's hard to find in the state legislature. You've got to look towards the courts, I think, to find that good news. And that's what gun owners are doing, right? They're looking to the courts for relief against these infringements. And we've seen some, I think, fairly positive developments. The Oregon State Supreme Court, for example, declining to intervene on Measure 114. So, so that remains on hold for now. And unfortunately, we're going to get a chance to test more Washington State gun laws in the months to come because it really does seem like both Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson are pressuring lawmakers to bite the bullet, no pun intended, and pass a ban on so-called assault weapons. This is something that has been a priority for them for years, and they've kind of nibbled around the edges, right? Well, let's ban these guns for under-21s, and let's require enhanced background checks. And gun owners have said all along, listen, it doesn't stop here. This is the slippery slope. They've taken all of these supposedly moderate, common-sense steps that haven't done anything to increase public safety in Washington State, and so now they're going for an outright ban. And they may modify it a little bit. They may tweak it here and there, but again, we know what the end goal is. The end goal is to prohibit the possession of modern sporting rifles. And at this point, probably prohibit the possession of semi-automatic firearms, whether we're talking about a rifle or a handgun. And so, you know, it is important that gun owners stay involved. There is some good news in West Virginia where on Wednesday, Governor Jim Justice is going to sign a campus carry bill into effect. So starting on July 1st, 2024, those who possess a concealed carry license, including faculty and staff and students who are over the age of 21, will be able to carry on public university and college campuses in West Virginia. I think that is a huge step forward. We're also watching permitless carry in three states. Nebraska is expected to take up its permitless carry bill this week. Florida's legislature gets back in session on March the 4th, and they already have permitless carry basically cleared through committee, ready to move to the floor of the House and Senate. And permitless carry just passed out of the South Carolina House as well. It's over on the Senate side. It's a little bit dicier there. Unfortunately, even though there's a Republican majority, I think there's a really good chance that we see 26 and 27 states become constitutional carry states or permitless carry states. And there's a good chance we'll see three states adopt this measure this year. We're going to be keeping in touch with Cam Edwards, also, of course, our legislators during this Washington State legislative session. Talking about the legislative session, let's get an update on the legislative update with State Senator Shelley Short. 
7th District Legislative Update. I'm Tracy Ellis with Senator Shelley Short. Hello, Senator Short. Hello, and welcome to folks back home. So what are some of the more interesting debates coming up in the legislative session? One of the bills I'd like to highlight is one that I'm working on with one of my Democratic colleagues, Senator Cooterer, and this is a regulation of pharmacy benefit managers. And while these are agencies that health insurance companies use to pay out claims, they're increasingly hurting the relationship that a patient has with their doctor and with their pharmacist. And these are trusted relationships we have. Oftentimes, these companies are forcing you as a patient to use their company, their pharmacy, or mail order. Well, if you live in Republic, you may now have to go to Spokane to have a prescription filled because maybe mail order doesn't work for you. This bill really ensures a level playing field is what it does um, by making sure that the business practices are fair. Look, this isn't normally something I support, but it's gotten so egregious and so out of control. It's very needed. Again, goes back to that patient-doctor-pharmacist relationship. There are also a couple of bills that you don't like. And what they have in common is that they provide sweeping grants of authority to state agencies, which is usually never a good sign. The first one is an ergonomics bill, which essentially deals with musculoskeletal injuries. What we know is the science is not clear, or medical research for that matter, on what causes these injuries. But if you're someone who works at a job where there's repetitive motions, this is what this comes down to. In 2000, I just remind listeners, Ellen and I did a horrible rule, and the voters a couple of years later actually repealed it. This bill would put it back. And I'd like to remind listeners that last year in the House, they did an all-night session fighting this bill, fighting against this bill. It died last year. It's now back in the Senate. We're going to do everything we can to fight it again. The second bill is one on a favorite topic of mine, land use decisions in the Growth Management Act. So what this bill would do is add climate change as a goal and an element, an appealable element under the Growth Management Act. This really gives state agencies tremendously broad authority to tell local governments what to do because of the way it's drafted. The people I repeatedly hear from are ones that want those local decisions made at the local level, not at the state level. And oftentimes these are agencies that haven't been able to pass policies in the legislature and they're using this as a vehicle to push local governments their way. 7th District Legislative Update with Senator Shelley Short. I'm Tracy Ellis. Experience, technology, satisfaction, a written warranty, and over 30 years experience. That's what makes Davis Auto Rebuild stand out from the rest. At Davis Auto Rebuild, customers are our number one priority, and we realize how difficult it is to be without your vehicle. So we make it easier for you with loaner and rental cars, and also help with your insurance claims. Call Davis Auto Rebuild at 684-3137 or stop in at 1175 South Main in Colville and see the Davis Auto Rebuild difference. You know, all around Colville, there's so much outdoor recreation. Let's get some answers from the Department of Fish and Wildlife about birds in the winter. It is the wildlife question of the week. Hi, I'm Ben Turnock, wildlife biologist with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife in your Colville office. We get a lot of questions from the public on all kinds of fish, wildlife, and habitat. Recently, we were asked, where do birds go in the winter? That's a great question, and you may be surprised by the answer. We have long known that many birds migrate to other areas during the cold months in Washington, but in some cases, Washington is the warmer place they migrate to. For instance, I noticed a rough-legged hawk hanging around the Chewila area early last spring. It appeared to have a transmitter on it. I checked with WDFW's raptor specialist, and it turns out he and a University of Idaho grad student captured and put a GPS tracking backpack on that bird in Nome, Alaska in 2019. 
Data from the transmitter shows that that hawk winters near Tooele every year. It returns to the area in early October and leaves in late April to head back to Alaska to the same breeding territory where he was originally captured. We also track a golden eagle that spends winters near the Grand Canyon but summers in northeast Washington and Idaho. We've been tracking that eagle for nine years now. Also, through banding, we are able to track loons that breed in northeast Washington, but winter in Puget Sound and along the coasts of Washington, Oregon, and California. So, the question of where do birds go in winter appears to be lots of places. For those worried about the impact these tracking devices have, they are very commonly used across the United States and the world as a way to learn more about birds, their migration patterns, and habitat use. They are extremely lightweight, often weighing less than 2% of a bird's body weight, and don't interfere with a bird's flight or other movements. If you have a question for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, send it to communications at DFW. Dot wa.gov or call 509-563-5495. Please include an email address or phone number because you can win a prize for asking questions. There will be a random drawing each week of people who submit questions. If your name is drawn, you can win a can of bear spray to take with you on your outdoor adventures. Tune in to the news Wednesdays at 7, 8, noon, and 5 for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife Question of the Week. Email your questions on fish, wildlife, habitat, hunting, and more to communications at dfw.wa.gov. Or you can call 509-563-5495 and leave us your question. We'll answer one question every Wednesday. Experience, technology, satisfaction, a written warranty, and over 30 years' experience. That's what makes Davis Auto Rebuild stand out from the rest. At Davis Auto Rebuild, customers are our number one priority, and we realize how difficult it is to be without your vehicle. So we make it easier for you with loaner and rental cars, and also help with your insurance claims. Call Davis Auto Rebuild at 684-3137 or stop in at 1175 South Main in Colville and see the Davis Auto Rebuild difference. All over the place you find these wind turbines generating electricity. Well, there is a bill that looks to hold the green energy folks to green standards. That's one passage in the Washington State Senate. Tracy Ellis has more on that. Senator Jeff Wilson's measure requires Washington State University to examine the feasibility of recycling enormous wind turbine blades. Those components don't live forever. Some of them become damaged and a lot of them have a shelf life or a service life of 20 years. The Longview Republican says turbine blades can span hundreds of feet. What do we do when you're done with a 270-foot giant of a wind turbine blade that comes off wind generation? We don't necessarily know. For all their greenness, there are a few uses for them when they're done. Normally, they're cut into pieces and buried. Wilson's legislation calls for exploring the potential to manufacture and recycle blades right here in Washington. I'm Tracy Ellis. Fogel Pump and Supply is more than just pipes, pumps, and fittings. It's people. People with the experience, tools, and capabilities to truly provide customer service at every level, in the store or out in the field. Fast, friendly, competent people with your best interest at heart. And they are the water professionals that can solve your toughest water problems. Put Fogel Pump and Supply to work for you today. Call 684-2569 or stop in at 2250 North Highway in Colville. Now open on winter hours. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Closed Saturday and Sunday. Now scheduling well drilling for summer 2023. Call us today for your free estimate. 
It's college basketball later tonight. Gonzaga, they will be at home against Chicago State. That coming up tonight. The Cougars, they close out their regular season over in Seattle. That'll be tomorrow night when they take on the Huskies. That'll be on KCVL. Today's local weather forecast brought to you by Kettle Falls Family Dentistry and Implant Solutions at 130 West 10th in Kettle Falls, offering general dentistry for all ages, same-day crowns, new patients, and emergencies. They are welcome. We should see some sunshine on through today, 37 for a high, late Tonight, on into Thursday morning, snow in the forecast, 23 overnight, a high tomorrow of 37, but it will be snowy and potentially some rain, likely about an inch of snow accumulating tomorrow. 18 the low Thursday night, partly sunny Friday, 37 a high, 18 overnight, Snow Saturday, Sunday, lingering on into Monday. High temperatures in the mid and upper 30s, overnight lows around 17 degrees. Let Dr. Chip Johnson and his friendly professional staff give you a new reason to smile at Kettle Falls Family Dentistry and Implant Solutions. Midweek Wednesday, I'm Eric Carpenter. And thanks for joining us. This is KCVL, KCRK.